Hey, 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 Diet Riders. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Brooke Miller. I'm Alyssa Miller. We are both dietitians. Both moms. Both live in Denver. Both from the Midwest. Both are on here recording this podcast for you. Oh, yeah. Still quarantined. We're so slick. I know. Still quarantined. I don't know. It's like, I feel like people are still doing stuff, but just not excessive stuff in Colorado. It's like. Do what you have to, but you don't don't do all the excessive stuff. But yeah. like our bowling alleys, like we're open. I'm like, I feel like bowling is excessive, but yeah. I mean, think about. I guess if you bring your own ball, maybe you bring your own ball. No, but then think Only of all the like, things that your ball touches before it gets yeah. you. I know. I, well, I think it's all automated unless your ball gets stuck. It's a whole thing. It's a whole bowling alley thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think like they only open up every other lane, you know, it's like social distance, whatever. You know what? I actually have no idea because I haven't been bowling because I don't even like bowling when it's not quarantine. So why would I go right now? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to ask our listeners. Does anybody work at a bowling alley or know what what's (laughs) what is the bowling alleys? (laughs) And also the ice cream man is still like out and floating around, which I just think is so funny. People need their ice cream man. Bring it to my home so I don't have to go to the grocery store, I guess, is the idea there. I guess. Uh, you guys, speaking of ice cream. <laughs> I had some episode, for dinner. You did? I did. I did sure you did. you have it on the side of your dinner? Um, I had know? it right after. I finished my tacos and then I went and got ice cream. Mm. It was great. I haven't had dinner yet, like a psychopath. Oh my gosh. I'm working on it. I had a yeah. snack. Don't you worry. Cheetos and grapes. You guys all saw it on our live Q&A. Yeah. Um, Cheetos and grapes. What a what a protein packed <laughs> snack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it will tide me over. And if I don't well. make sense, that's why. All right. And now we know. Yes. Cheetos and grapes maybe shouldn't go together right before a podcast. Um, You guys, in this episode, we are talking about emotional eating. So emotional eating, stress eating, yada, 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 all those things. We have talked about this probably like a hundred different times in just like a touch, right? Like Mm -hmm. we talked about it pretty intensely on our live Q&A for our members only and our Diet Riders membership. We've talked about it on podcast episodes before, for sure. We've talked about it with guests here and there, but we are dedicating an entire episode to it because it's something we get asked about all the time right when you say yeah I feel like it's such a huge question especially we're living in such a stressful time right now with COVID and people have lost jobs and it's just been really yeah it's been really insane just yeah the stress levels of most people right now is probably higher than it normally would be too so yeah, we don't want to like anymore. bum you out <laughs> and like make a list of everything that we're probably all bummed and stressed about, but it exists. There's a long list, but we're not going to go over that today, but we are going to tackle this topic of in- emotional eating and intuitive eating, how those things can go hand in hand and what to do if you find yourself an emotional eater or a stress eater or a bored eater or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think these tactics can be applied to anything you might be experiencing around food that you feel like you're using food to cope in some way. So 
First and foremost, I wanted to talk about what emotional eating is. So this is eating not out of biological or physical hunger, but eating from a place of needing comfort, needing a way to cope with our emotions, with our stress, with our anxieties, with our boredom, with whatever you can kind of fit into this category. So emotional eating is eating out of that, not necessarily eating out of a biological need to Mm -hmm. eat. And I want to start off the top by saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay to use a fo- food as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's okay to emotionally eat. It's okay to eat when you're bored. All of these things are okay. Do not make you a bad person. Don't make me a bad person because you sure as hell know that I do it. <laughs> okay. But the tip here is that emotional eating or eating to cope should be one of the tools in your toolbox. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want it to be your only tool in your toolbox. And that's where we kind of a lot of people run into binge eating or binge eating disorder is when they don't know how to cope with stress or emotions in any other way. And so some tips, we can just kind of tie some tips in throughout the episode. But just some tips would be to like have some curiosity and see what is triggering you in that moment and reframing those thoughts and then finding those emotions. So writing out your feelings, talking to a therapist, talking to a friend, just kind of sitting in your feelings um, for a few minutes before automatically getting up and going to the fridge. So just thinking about it, like, am I bored? Am I hungry? Am I stressed? Am am I um, just having a sweet tooth craving? what do I need in this moment? And those are some really important questions that you can ask yourself in the moment is, did I like, did I not eat enough at dinner? Am I physically hungry? And so getting really curious with your feelings and your physical hunger and just kind of where you're at is kind of the first tip or step that I would say, if you feel like you are chronically emotional eating or you're just finding yourself doing it more often with COVID and everything that's going on in our world right now. Yeah, I feel like um, to go along with that, I loved what you said about journaling and like writing it out. Mm -hmm. Like this is so important because so for me right now, I feel like I'm stress eating for sure. Like and there's a reason for that. There's a biological reason for that. Food makes us feel safe. It reminds us that our basic needs are met. We are feeling good. We're in a safe place. Food is available to us. Like this is a biological need for us to know that food is available. So Mm -hmm. it makes total sense that when we're in a time of stress, we find comfort in like what we need to survive as a human. (laughs) Like you are not bad and I'm not bad for wanting to reach for something that is like literally something we need to breathe or need to live. Like air is to breathing, like, right. We want to make sure that that resource is available for us. So completely normal. I loved what you said about like talking through your feelings with somebody, getting help or journaling about it. Like There's so many other coping mechanisms that we can put in your toolbox that can help you with this. And Mm -hmm. the reason why sometimes it gets out of control or you feel like you have no control around emotional eating is because it's a cycle. So Mm -hmm. we have something that triggers us and we get stressed and anxious or worried or overwhelmed or whatever that feeling is, that emotion is that's that resonates with whatever the trigger is. So if something happens in our, you know, homes, if something an illness strikes or we lose a job or we're just watching the damn news right now and something mm-hmm. triggers our stress levels, 
immediately we feel like we need to go to a place of safety. And for some of us, and this is how our brain works, for some of us, that means we go to food because we want to feel safe. It's easy. It's accept, It's accessible. It's something we can feel safe doing right then and there. Not all things that make us feel safe are as accessible as food. So it makes total sense why we would reach for food. Mm-hmm. Here's where the problem lies is we have this idea of wanting to grab for food to make us feel safe. Diet culture sets in and says, nope, you shouldn't eat that. And you immediately feel restricted. You want to restrict or stop that idea. You're not giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. You're completely Mm -hmm. stopping it and trying to restrict it, which the longer you restrict, as we know in the restrict binge cycle, the more you're going to binge and crave food and crave safety because your brain is now saying, I'm reaching for safety. I'm not allowed to have safety. And now I need safety more than ever. And so then we end up in that binge cycle. Now, once we binge, this is another trigger for stress and emotion and, you know, anxiety or overwhelm or whatever. And the cycle starts all over again. So it kind of makes sense when you take it from that way. Um, I did, I made a list, you guys. (laughs) I got my sticky note and I made a list of some good coping tools to put in our toolbox. So do you want to hear it, Brooke? Yes, and then I'll add to yours after. All right, we got two lists going, yes, you guys. Okay, two. the first one is to cry. Like, let your yes. emotions out, right? Like, actually cry, feel, feel through those emotions, sit with them. Watch TV, be creative, find a way to have a creative outlet. Like, creating anything is so, so wonderful. Even if it completely sucks, you guys, creative, mm-hmm. being creative as a human, we are all creative, and I think we all have something in us that can come out, so definitely do that. Dancing, listening to music, finding some sort of activity like even if it's walk around the block, cleaning your house. This one helps me because it's actually productive. Yeah. And it's like, it's the, it's probably the one thing that I don't want to do, but as soon as I start doing it, I can't stop. And then I feel so much better. My overwhelm is usually like totally released by a clean house. So cleaning, journaling. I loved that you said that. Like I believe I am a strong believer in free writing. So like no prompts, no like anything to direct what you're writing about. You don't even have to talk about your emotions. Just like let the thoughts flow and like vomit all over the paper. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. journaling, Um, connecting with your friends, calling them, FaceTiming them, writing them a letter can be really therapeutic, even if you never send it. Um, doing something good for another person. This is key for me. Anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed or out of my league or stressed or anxious, if I take the focus off me and what's happening to me and victimizing myself in the situation and put it onto someone who needs something and mm-hmm. do good for them, like it is the best way to get out of your own head. It can be something super small, but find something good that you can do for someone else. Um, be productive. Find something that you can do that makes you feel like you checked something off your to-do list. Mm-hmm. My to-do list really overwhelms me. So I take three things off my giant to-do list that Brooke knows I have and put mm-hmm. it on a separate sticky note. And that's the only one I look at, look at. And then I start crossing it off from there. So I feel productive even though it's only three things, but it works. Um, be still. I think being still is something that is way like underrated and people just don't think that that's important, but be still and feel your emotions. Um, and the last thing that I just said is once you have a lot of like different coping mechanisms is to write it all down, write down what you have so that you can reference it next time you're feeling like the world's about to crush you. So you have like an easy list, um, accessible to you. So that's what I have. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, some that I have are resting and relaxing. And so yes. this is a great time with COVID to take some time off away from the gym and take some time to just, yeah, binge a Netflix show and yeah. go for walks when it's nice outside, especially like after dinner is a really good time to go for a walk. It's cooling down. Um, it helps with digestion when you kind of move after a meal. Uh, taking a bath is one of my favorite ways to unwind. You can have a glass of wine in there if you'd like. Hanging out with your dog or your cat or your baby and giving lots of cuddles in. Taking Ooh, a yoga class. Yes, or doing yoga at home um, right now with everything going on. And just getting flowers or even like sometimes online shopping for new clothes clothes that you need, but clothes that you also really like and that you feel confident in is another good thing that you can do um, to kind of cope with your stress. And so there's so many different ways. Sorry. I want to say I loved what you said about fresh flowers because fresh flowers bring me an incredible amount of joy. You guys have no idea. I don't know why they do, but I know there's also research about having a live plant in your home too. So like taking care of your plant, mending your plant, watering your plant. What's it called when you like take off a leaf and you try to replant it? That's like called oh, something. I don't know. Someone with a green know. thumb is screaming at it, <laughs> screaming it at us. They're right like, now. these girls are dumb. They don't know anything. I have like a gray <laughs> thumb at best, but whatever yes. it is, repopulating, repurposing, re whatever it is, you no like idea. replant it basically. But um, it, they've done a lot of research of like having live plants and stress management and depression specifically, and it's all coming out super positive. So get yourself a plant, guys. Woo, woo. Yeah, so good. good. Uh huh. I know. And I'm not even a big flower person, but I think it's fun when there's like farmers markets and stuff just to get some fresh flowers. So I don't yeah. usually buy them for myself, but whenever somebody gets it for me, I feel so excited. Like I love it. I just get really sad when flowers die. Um, oh yeah. I try to keep them for alive, like as long as possible, like change out the water. I take better care of my plants that are cut and definitely going to die than I do like actual potted plants. <laughs> Oh my gosh, same. I'm so not good at keeping potted plants alive. It's not cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. I'm a plant murderer. All of my plants out front have died, but we're like digging up our entire front and backyard over the next few weeks. So I'm I'm like, I don't care at this point. Um, (laughs) Let them die. Don't care. Yeah. And One thing we want to avoid too is we don't want to create any like hard and fast rules around emotional eating. So I think the big thing is just acknowledging when you're doing it and when you feel out of control with food and then getting curious about it. Um, We don't want to say that you can never emotionally eat or stressy because that's just not realistic. We both still do it it's not something that is ever going to fully go away. Um, But like Alyssa said, we don't want it to be the only tool in our toolbox. And so we want to figure out other ways to kind of deal with our feelings and emotions. Yeah, I think it goes back to that, like allowing yourself anything in your toolbox, right? Like you open up that toolbox and you're like, okay, or you open up your notes app and you have a list of everything that Brooke and I just listed down for you. And you go, okay, what are my options here? I am feeling stressed and feeling anxious. And my first um, response was to go to the fridge. 
Now, we're not saying you can't, but if you open up this list and look at everything that you have in your toolbox and then make a decision, giving yourself unconditional permission to do anything on that list, including eating. Now, when you are making a choice to eat, make sure that you are making a choice that's going to make you feel good and not restart that um, emotion, food, binge cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're choosing foods that make you feel good. When I say that, I don't mean healthy foods or clean foods or yada, yada, yada foods. What I mean is make sure it's something that's going to make you feel good, even if that is emotionally. So maybe it's a food from your childhood or maybe it's a food that makes you feel like warm and cozy, like a soup or a chili. You know, like there are certain warming foods that make us feel good and comforted. Make sure it's going to fill you up and you're not just going to be mindlessly snacking on it all night. Now, again, nothing wrong with doing that, but you want to be intentional about your choice to actually make you feel satisfied at the end. Because a lot of times what happens with emotional eating is we're eating out of a place of emotion and we're eating mindlessly and we're never really feeling satisfied or Mm -hmm. full. And that emotion isn't going anywhere because we're not coping. We're trying to avoid it. Mm -hmm. So really, really building out your toolbox. And I think too, with that, identifying our triggers, like Mm -hmm. what makes you stressed? Are you saying yes to too much? Like Mm -hmm. learn how to say no. Are you putting a lot of pressure on yourself? Is someone else putting pressure on you? Is work getting overwhelming? Is being at home stuck during quarantine overwhelming? Like identify what's triggering you, whether it's work-related, relationship-related, personally related, mental health-related, whatever that looks like, identify it so that you can see it coming, you're not blindsided by it, and you can get help. So not only building out your own toolbox, but getting help. Go see a counselor, talk to your spouse about it. Let someone else in on what you're going through because it's only going to get worse if you stay silent. And then Mm -hmm. what's really cool is, and of course, this is coming from a place of currently and actively working on it with you guys, is creating structure in your life to keep your stress and emotions um, not at bay. I feel like that's kind of the wrong way to say it. Like we want to encourage having emotions. This is is normal to have emotions, but keeping them in a level-headed place so that we're not like smacked in the face with them, right? Like So for me, something that works really well is gratitude. So having a gratitude journal and focusing on the good in your life can be really powerful with your mindset shift. Um, Staying active, finding joyful movement regularly helps with my mental health. I would say roughly 15,000%. It is like a direct correlation for my mental health and clarity and if I'm joyfully finding ways to move my body. And just recently, I've taken up walking right at sunset. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, yeah, it's, it's the best soul time to go. Filling. It's, a, it's incredible. It's crazy how much part of the day can change because I was going around like my kids' nap time and it's so boiling hot that I was actually miserable. I was like, well, I got my walk in, but it's like just to check it off my list, not because I actually like enjoyed it. Anyways, I'm really setting up those boundaries in our life and setting up a structure to maintain and manage these emotions. So we're being proactive about the emotions, not reactive, because when we're reactive, we're going to make choices that don't always necessarily honor our body. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, is kind of setting yourself up during the day to prevent some binges and emotional eating. And so... The first thing I think of is um, 
the most likely thing that you're going to binge is the thing that you are restricting the most. And so if you feel like you're always binging M&Ms or chocolate or candy or cake or chips or whatever it is, if you are chronically telling yourself that that's a bad food and you're not allowed to have it, you are more likely going to binge that food or when you do emotionally eat, that's the food you're going to gravitate towards. And so it's important to allow yourself permission to eat all foods and just um, I know it's easier said than done to stop calling foods good and bad. Um, but the more that you have those foods available and in your house, and the more that you know that you can take a bite of ice cream and put it back. Um, and if you want more, you can go back and get more. If you kind of set yourself up um, during the day with that, that will help you. And then the also, the other thing is if you are preventing yourself from getting too hungry, then you may not emotionally eat as much as you would if you are really physically hungry because if you are physically hungry biologically hungry and you're emotional you may end up way overeating past your point of fullness and then that's not really listening to your body either and so yeah i think that's important to say like it is important to eat regular meals and snacks throughout the day so you never feel overly hungry and then all of a sudden you're ravenous. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm really hungry, I get very moody and something will set me off um, faster. So <laughs> totally. yeah, so if you're restricting or counting calories and now you're moody and like more easily irritable, something so little may set you off that normally wouldn't if you were fully nourished. And then you yes, just like, so true. you just end up binging more or like eating more. And so I think that's another important thing is try to set yourself out up throughout the day so that you have, you know, regular meals and snacks and you're never feeling super overly hungry. Okay. I love that tip because you cannot be more right about that. <laughs> like I if you know. find yourself like hungry, everything's going to emotionally wreck you way more than it would if you weren't angry. I think that's a great tip. And actually I wanted to talk about the differences, you know, between emotional hunger and physical hunger. Um, just so you can identify Cause I think some people like struggle with knowing whether they're hungry because they're physically hungry or are they hungry because they are emotional. And yeah. I think I loved what you said. It kind of ties into that. But um, some quick tips to know which is which is you're emotionally hungry if typically it comes on really suddenly, it's triggered by something and it feels like unstoppable. You know, like, oh my gosh, I'm all of a sudden like, if you guys haven't checked out our hunger skill episode, by the way, you should go back and listen to that episode. Mm -hmm. It's so, so good. But um, if you're like all of a sudden at like a two on the hunger scale, you're like, I need to eat right now. You also might have really strong cravings and it might feel really overwhelming. Like you can't say no to food. This is probably coming from a place of emotion. Now with physical hunger, it typically comes on less suddenly. So more gradually, you're able to kind of tune in. And this this really works better if you're kind of familiar with the hunger scale and you understand how to use it and apply it to your body. But it comes on a little bit more gradual. You feel full. So with emotional hunger, like I was saying before, a lot of times you don't feel full. Like you never truly feel satisfied because you haven't processed through those emotions. So it makes sense that you don't actually ever feel physically full. Whereas with physical hunger, you eat something comforting and you can actually feel full on it. And this too kind of ties into what I was saying before about like, eating good food, like food that makes you feel good, right? Like 
don't settle. Like try your hardest not to settle for something. Like if you need to use food to cope with your emotions, like use the food that's going to make you cope with your emotions. Don't just grab chips because they're close, even though you want, you know, homemade chocolate chip cookies. Like what a great way to process through some of your emotions, like bake, you know, bake, Mm -hmm. sit in the kitchen and massage the dough or, you know, put the ingredients together. It can be a really beautiful process to help you manipulate and work through your emotions while you're kind of manipulating the dough or working in the ingredients and then baking the cookies and getting the full experience of smelling them and tasting them and they're warm and you're drinking them with a cup of milk or whatever that looks like for you. Like try not to settle just for like a box of store-bought cookies unless that's your jam. Totally fine too. But just know that like get a food that's going to make you feel good and really satisfy you. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies for me. (laughs) Mine is usually like, do you have like a comfort food, like an emotional eating food? Because mine's like warm bread, like out of the oven bread, cookie, homemade cookies and like a stew soup or chicken pot pie kind of feel, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it'd be like cheesy potatoes. Mm. What a Midwestern thing. But really, I mean, I like how often do I... Yeah, how often do I have cheesy potatoes at my house? But really, I think um, for me, if I'm going to like emotionally eat something or have a comfort food at home that's always available, it's ice cream. I had something tonight. I just like I love ice cream. It's my favorite dessert. And I would like I could give up cookies and cake and brownies for the rest of my life if I could still get ice cream every day. For those of you who don't know, I'm a psychopath and I don't like ice cream that much. So know, I'll like so eat weird. it. Like if we're all like, let's go get ice cream, I'll for sure eat it for like the connection point. And it's not bad, obviously. Obviously, ice cream's not bad, but it's definitely not my favorite food by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. I like yeah. more baked goods, some pie. I like breads. I'm more, I mean, just in general, I'm more savory and salty anyway. So yeah. desserts, like, not that I could take them or leave them. Like, I definitely take them. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> take them. Definitely take them. But they're not my, like, go-to, you know? Yeah. Okay, we're officially making people hungry. I, um, I, I was listening to, say, to a podcast huh? today about something, like, Wait, uh-huh. hold on. I think it was about ice cream. I was listening to a webinar about ice cream and I happened to be eating ice cream while I was watching it. And I was like, <gasps> oh, oh my gosh, this is so creepy. But now I want more. That's so crazy. <laughs> right. And then you're like, well, essentially, probably got more. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so I did want to touch on a few tips for you guys when you do find yourself emotionally eating, um, or maybe it's after the fact and you're looking back at it. So first and foremost, do not let guilt in. Remember, yeah. we have unconditional permission to use food as a coping mechanism. This mm-hmm. is perfectly acceptable. So don't let guilt in. Don't be filled with shame. And I think actually we did an entire maybe that was insider membership where we talked about how not to feel guilty after eating. I think yeah. that was insider membership. We talked about, yeah. maybe we'll have to do an episode on that coming up, but, um, try hard not to let yourself feel guilty, feel good about the decisions you made regardless of what or how much you ate, because knowing that that's what your body needed in that moment. And that's okay. And we're going to move forward in creating a list that will work for us when we're emotionally stressed and things that will, um, serve and honor our body in the future. And that's totally fine. So 
give yourself permission, let yourself off the hook. Remember that you are literally vying for survival. Your body feels stressed, your body feels threatened, and it's going to choose food to feel safe. And that's totally fine. The next thing is continue to nourish your body. So do not skip your next meal. Do not restrict food. Continue to nourish and make choices that will honor your hunger in the future. Just because you binged on a bag of chips or a box of cookies or whatever the night before or earlier that day does not mean you need to skip dinner or restrict food. And finally, I recommend journaling or reflecting on what that experience was. Remember, identifying your trigger, making sure you're giving yourself full permission, and making and literally writing out a list of coping mechanisms that might help you better in the future so that you can feel good and not feel shamed or guilty afterwards. So those are kind of my tips if you find yourself in that situation, because I sure do all the time still. Yeah, we all do, man. It's It's, not going away. Yeah, It's a struggle. I feel like this episode is coming at a really good time, a really important time for a lot of you. And if you have any things that we didn't mention, like any tips that have helped you, we would absolutely always love to hear them. So feel free to send us a direct message. Or if you found this um, episode helpful, please leave us a review and then you can obviously put your two cents in. So if there's something that we missed, that's been really helpful for you. We would absolutely love for you to share that with other listeners. And if you're cool with this, I don't know if you have anything else. I wanted to read a review because we haven't done that in so long. Girl, look at you me right now. Oh my gosh. That's so creepy. I was literally just going to do that. Yeah. Okay, oh cool. Guys. You do it. You do it. You yeah, pick one. You do it. Oh my goodness. Okay. You guys, we get amazing reviews on our podcast and we cannot thank you enough. It means so much to us. It keeps us going. It keeps us focused on what you guys want to hear about. And we just love hearing from you guys. And unfortunately, sometimes the podcasting world can be a little one-sided. Like yeah. we're just talking at you, but we want you to know that we hear you. We're with you. And And we freaking love getting your feedback, whether it's on our um, iTunes, leaving a written review or direct messaging us like Brooke said or anything like that. We love to hear from you guys. So um, today's review comes from someone, Little Nibs, I think is how you say that. Oh, I don't know. Um, It's five stars. It says a must listen. Brooke and Alyssa introduced me to intuitive eating and changed my life. Okay, I'm going to cry. Um, Mm -hmm. Every single episode is packed with information and support to ditch the diet BS. If you're ready to be done with diet culture, these ladies have it all. They are funny, relatable, and a great listen every Tuesday. Also, if you haven't checked out their course, it's the real deal. Thank you so much, little nibs. Little in, yeah, I think it's little nibs. (laughs) Thank you so much for your review. It truly means the world to us. Honestly, I cry like when these come in, like, I mean, the five-star ones, <laughs> I totally am like, oh, this is so Sometimes nice. Sometimes like, the other ones make us cry too. No, I'm just kidding. In other ways. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, it just means so much to us. And um, thank you so much for taking our course. You guys, if you didn't know, we do have an intuitive eating course. It's a quit dieting, um, a diet writer's guide to um, starting intuitive eating. We'll link that below for you. But If you feel so inclined, we would love it if you subscribe to the podcast, left us a written review. It means the world to us and helps our show so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, If there's ever an episode topic we haven't covered yet and you would want to hear it, we would just love if you sent us a direct message. Um, We got one even last week that said, 
you guys should do a topic on this. And we said, oh my gosh, amazing. Let's do it next week. So um, we have some really awesome guests coming that we're recording this week. And we picked these guests specifically because these are topics that you asked us about. And these are dietitians in the intuitive eating space that specialize with a specific niche that we don't. And we just, we love bringing guests on. We get so much out of it. And so we are listening to what you guys are saying and what you are wanting. So always feel free to send us a message. We would love to hear from you and make sure that we cover a topic that would help be helpful for you. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys love this episode as much as we did. I feel like it was packed with information, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. we really crammed it in here. We crammed it so. in. That's right. Um, make sure to save this episode. You can even download it so you can listen to it again when you're needing it most. And yeah, we will see you guys all next Tuesday. See you later. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.